All right. Good morning, everybody. So today is what the 10th, November 10th. We're on episode number 17, if I'm correct. Um, you know, we're doing pretty good, making good progress. Again, this is just a conversation between me and Michael. These are things we would normally talk about on a day-to-day basis, just a little bit more so, because usually we don't talk every single day, but you know, it's whatever. Still the same conversation, still the, basically the same kind of topics and things like that. Um, so, quick disclaimer, like I just said, this is a quick conversation between me and Mike. None of this is supposed to be taken as expert advice, specifically the financial part. And everything that we talk about is supposed to just be for entertainment purposes. Now, if you do decide to take anything that we say seriously or try to use it in any way, that's up to you. But besides that, that's it. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Uh, this is Michael. For today, we got some interesting topics, actually. On the personal development, we're going to be talking about spreading yourself to think. On the fitness section, uh, what is better, working in the morning, I mean, working out in the morning or in the evening. And on the finance, we have how important it is to be financially independent and some news updates as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. let's get started with that personal development, spreading yourself too thin. What do you mean with that? So I came up with that topic, right? And the idea behind it is, so sometimes we end up putting ourselves in a situation where we're doing too many things all at the same time. Specifically as a college student, you end up putting too many things on your plate. You're either taking too many classes or you're taking classes and you're doing work or you're doing those two things with something else or you have two jobs along with school. Um, there's something to be said about you know working hard and doing the best that you can. But at some point you have to understand that if you go too spread out, if you do too many things all at once, you're not going to be really going to be able to do any one thing good or well. And that's what I'm trying to, in that, in that aspect, that's what I'm basically talking about. Uh, When you spread yourself too thin, you can't really do any one thing particularly well because you're doing too many things. You can't really concentrate on any one thing and really get good at it. So what do you think? How does that yeah, sound? Like I always say, or like I always mention that you can be good at, at one thing at a time. And that's because you have to put like major focus on that specific task or specific skill that you're trying to build in order to move on to the next one. Because you cannot learn properly or you cannot focus for long periods of time if you are juggling in between tasks. And that's something that I struggle a lot um, and I try to better myself on the aspect that, you know, I don't want to I usually take on too many tasks at once and I end up, you know, doing mediocre. I don't know if that's a word. Mediocre. Mediocre work rather than, you know, being good at, I mean, giving like the best on my best on one specific task. And especially, you know, when it comes to work or, um, you know, my, my project as well. But that's something I'm working on right now. You know, when it came to like personal projects, I used to have, I used to be everywhere. But now I'm just focusing on one thing. And once I accomplish that, or once I'm confident that that's something that, you know, uh, it's to my to my best potential, I will move on to the next uh, project or to the ne- next step. Now, when it comes to school, it's a little bit different because it kind of forces to multitask um, regarding the classes that you're taking. I'm taking six, cre- uh, 
I'm taking six classes this semester, so it's a little bit busy, and I have to be, you know, switching around from classes, from class to class, from homework to homework, or exam to exam, and there's a, actually a good habit to do that. Um, there's, like, same, like, um, well, I watched this video about, you know, how to study better, and you can focus on one task, like, really, really focus on one task for 20 to half an hour. After that, you get bored. So you need to switch a little bit around. So this is like a little strategy when it comes to study. And by doing that 20 to half an hour period, you have to like literally focus on that specific task, like no distractions, no cell phones, uh, maybe like a background music uh, with no lyrics. And you know, you cannot do more work during that period. But um, so that's one strategy that has worked with, for me. Um, and I've been like impl implementing it on my day to day. But when it comes to long period projects, like I said, focus on one thing. Well, I focus on one thing until I'm confident that, you know, I can move on to the next one. But, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, usually for me, like, <clears throat> I have to play that the mental gymnastics as well. Like, it's really easy to get distracted. Like I'm doing one specific task and then all of a sudden an idea pops into my head and now I start thinking about another thing, whether that's some sort of thing that I have to do later on or some other thing that I would like to do at some point in my life. But at some point I get bored and I just start wandering around. So in those moments, you kind of just need to catch yourself because that's usually where you just start going off and you spend 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then before you know it, all that time that you had to maybe study or finish a particular task that you have to do it's gone so be really diligent and honestly i would say even disciplined about in those moments where you feel like you're just kind of waning and like kind of wandering around try to refocus maybe you can stand up walk around for like a minute or two go back down and focus on the task at hand only focus on one thing at any given time try not to again think of too many things when it comes to overthinking or daydreaming, that usually happens to me before I'm going to bed. I think I spoke about this on early podcast. What I do is I have a notebook next to my draw next to my bed, and whenever I'm overthinking and I think the idea is really good, and even if this idea is kind of stupid, I write it down and start breaking apart. Now, once I do that, that usually that thought gets out of my head, and I'm now overthinking it about it again. When it comes to like in the daytime, when I'm daydreaming, what I do is just take a deep breath, like let it go, do that a few times, and you know go back to what I was doing. Usually that works for me, but you know walking around is a good idea actually. Never haven't thought about that, but yeah. That's some idea. Take deep breaths, walk around, kind of just reset, mm -hmm. come back to baseline, and then again focus on the task at hand. If you're saying like. In terms of studying, 20 to 30 minutes is the maximum amount of time that you can focus. Some people differ. Some people can do it for longer. Some people can do it for less. Mm -hmm. but regardless of whatever the situation, however long you can do it for, get yourself reset. Try it again. There's actually a just... study about that. Um, like a study, like an actual scientific study. Like you can go for longer periods of time studying, but mm -hmm. you're not going to learn efficiently if you pass the that period. I don't remember. I think it's 20 minutes. Because I think the, the breakdown that they do is 20, uh, 10 minute break and 20 minutes of a study. 
of a different yeah. subject. There's so many studies that I feel like it, it's really just dependent on the person. For me, I feel like I can probably concentrate at my best 50 minutes. And then after that, everything kind of just starts falling down. Um, but again, different for different people. True. Find what works for you. Experiment. And just, again, focus on one task at a time. Mm-hmm. And just do it the best that you can and move on. Systematically do it one by one. As opposed to just trying to do three things simultaneously and then all of them come out to be meh. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. All right. I think we covered all the aspects on this topic yep good uh, let's move on to fitness uh what is better working out in the morning or at evening i think hmm. it's a great answer go ahead so yeah for me it really just depends on the person as well mm-hmm. with everything that we talk about here is really just going to be dependent on you depends on the time uh the, the amount of time that you have available to you uh whether you're a morning person or an evening person um honestly for me i like working out in the morning because it's a difficult thing to do it requires a lot of energy and you have the most amount of energy in the beginning of the day uh once you get that out of the way it not only just you know gets that part out of, out of the way right you're done with that but it, it kind of just it gives you the scent this like really calm energy because you really you expended a lot of i don't know like you you kind of relieved a lot of stress or you kind of set yourself up so that whatever comes out, to, whatever comes through the day, doesn't stress you out as much. It's a really good exercise is a really good mechanism to kind of help you relieve stress. Um, normally they don't talk about it in school, but your body's meant to move and a good way to help decompress and relax from stress is to exercise and move around. Oftentimes they tell you to do some meditation or deep breathing and that works, but a good portion of it is just moving around and doing physical activities because that is how your body has been working through all this time and evolution. So if you can manage to actually incorporate that into your day-to-day life, that's where you'll start seeing those benefits from exercise where you're not as stressed out throughout the entire day because, well, maybe you got it done in the morning or you relieve the stress from the day by working out at night. Right. Uh, now, one thing I do want to point out is that from what I've seen, or like from what I learned from other successful people, is that most of them, they work out in the morning. Now, it definitely depends on the person. I do agree with Randy because not everybody has the same schedule, not everybody has the same routine as well. Not everybody are capable of waking up like at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. in the morning. Like it's hard. And, and so you get used to it. But you know, it's hard. So whenever, if it's in your schedule, it can be morning, it can be midday, it can be afternoon. It's definitely a healthy choice to just work out um, overall. But there are some benefits working out in the morning. Like Randy mentioned, um, you know, your body is meant to be moving and you are pretty much still unstable for eight hours. So putting some cardio or putting some stretches in the morning, it can really help the blood pump throughout your body. And also, I don't know about you guys, but me, every time I work out, I have hell adrenaline for the rest of the day. I feel alive. So working out in the morning can definitely encourage, like, you know, um, kind of push me through the day with more adrenaline and more happy vibes. I would say, 
But so I wouldn't say that's adrenaline, but that's probably more like dopamine. Because when you say adrenaline, that's usually what you feel when, like, you know, you're in danger and you're running away. Oh, yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, like a lot of dopamine. I feel good. I feel good every time I work out. Yeah, that's all that matters. So, um, you know, if I'm feeling that way in the morning throughout the day, it definitely helped me. Plus, I do go to sleep early. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get tired. Like, I'd be tired and knocked out because I had a really long day. And I work out in the morning, so I use a lot of my energy. And throughout the day, I kind of recuperated, but like my body is waiting to sleep to recuperate. So you definitely, definitely have a better sleep, like you know, overall, like a deep sleep. But um, I think those are some benefits of working out in the morning, in my opinion. At least some yep. stretches or some cardio, and then you can do weightlifting in the evening. Mm-hmm. There's people who does who do that. Yeah, there's people that do workout twice, so once in the morning and once more towards the evening. So in the morning, they get the cardio in, and in the evening, they do the weight training. So if you're that type of person, that's more like an athlete, right? You can work out in the morning and the evening. If you're the type of person that, you know, takes forever to wake up in the morning, then immediately has to rush to school or work. Um, then Obviously, working out is definitely going to have to be something you incorporate at the end of the day, more towards the evening. Nothing wrong with that. Um, in the same way, Again, like I said earlier, helps you decompress from the day, helps you relax, not stress out as much, and it burns out the rest of the energy that you have in your body. So that way, when you go to sleep, you just almost instantly go to sleep. Right. Obviously, there's some. And one last thing that I want to point out is that usually when you work out in the morning, you go without breakfast. So um, the energy that you start burning, it's going to be fat rather mm-hmm. than when you go at evening. You already had breakfast, lunch, and maybe dinner by then. And you, what you are going to be, um, you know, burning, it's going to be the calories of that food before you burn the actual fat. That's another also pro of working out in the morning. Unless you do fasting before working out, right before you break your fast. And we talked about that yesterday too, right? So mm-hmm. that's where it doubles up. Um, so yeah, again, depending on the type of person that you are, whatever fits in your schedule, aim for that. And that's about it. Very good. All right. I think we covered on the topic. And let's move on to the last section, which is finance. How important is to be financially independent? What do you mm, think? It's a, it's a big one. So I feel like that's that's a huge thing. Um, specific, I mean, it depends on where you live. But on nowadays, like us in the United States and New York, it's very difficult to be financially independent just because it requires so much. Um, and then that question is subjective, right? What does it mean to be independent? For somebody that just might mean to be able to afford to buy themselves a car and pay for the insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for other people that might be to live on their own. To me, my definition is being able to live on your own and not need any help from anybody in order to support yourself, right? So you have your own uh, apartment or house. You, have, you can afford your own car. Not necessary, right? Because we talked about it before. A car can be a depreciating asset, which isn't necessarily the best thing. Um, but there's ways around that. Uh, yeah. That, to me, that that's why that that's what being independent is. Okay. Now, why is it important? Well, it's not necessary that like you don't have to rely on anybody, but 
it's a good thing to be able to support yourself and not need other people to, you know, give you money in order to be able to survive. Um, that's just kind of like a basic necessity just to be a human. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. So it's like this tree of the things that human beings need in order to be fulfilled and satisfied with their life. And on the most fundamental level, it's just like your basic necessities, mm-hmm. food, shelter, survive, uh, food, shelter, all the basic stuff. Right. And then over time, you, you get a little bit more sophisticated with like your purpose, the work that you do, et cetera. But on the most basic level, it's your needs, your basic needs. And if you're able to provide that for yourself, then you can start building on that, that hierarchy and actually start fulfilling different aspects in order to make yourself a more productive member of society or being able to, you know, just kind of support yourself and others. Right. Okay. Uh, for me, being financially independent is more like um, getting to the point that I don't have to worry about uh, what the next bill it's going to be about, how I'm going to pay for the next bill. Regardless of what it is, it can be, you know, rent, shelter, house, uh, insurance, whatever. Getting to the point that I don't have to be stressing to living paycheck to paycheck or distressing that, you know, how I'm going to buy or pay for these bills that I need to do, I need to pay. Uh, and once I get to the point, I think nothing. I believe that investing more in you know, accomplishing my goals, like going, like leaning towards my goals are going to be a little bit easier because I don't have to face the challenge about supporting my basic needs that Randy mentioned. And I can focus more straightforward or more, you know, um, more deeply into the projects that, into my end goal, which is, you know, the, the purpose that I work towards too. So that's one of the things. So getting financially independent is important for me because it's one of the challenges that as a, as part of this society, or as part of this consumer, consumer time, eh, I cannot pronounce that, but you know, people who consumes um, society, um, you know, kind of like faces day to day because we're put onto this place where you know there's so much to buy, so much things that we don't need, but you know, we are offered, and getting trapped onto this kind of rabbit hole is something I don't wanna be part of rather than just being on the other side maybe you know create products other people are gonna copy it <laughs> but yeah uh no so anyway so for me it's very important to get to the point that you know i don't have to worry about it and i can put most of my energy most of my resources into my end goal rather than be focusing on my day-to-day uh bills but yeah that's what sure. Yeah, that's it, man. So long as like once money stops being an issue, like once you're able to pay for the basic things and you can survive and, you know, don't need to worry about much. That's where you can, you know, put more of your energy towards the things you actually want to do or the things that you, you know, you should be doing in order to either make yourself more uh, interesting or make yourself more versatile, be able to do more things. Um, What was that? Travel. You can travel, you can do whatever you want, but it's because you're at, at a point where money isn't an issue anymore. And again, there's something to be said about um, people that live with their parents, right? Mm-hmm. So that one of the hardest aspects is the fact that you're financially dependent on them. 
And that moment that you become independent, you kind of start living life on your own terms. Um, And that's not to say that your parents are bad or anything, but you do need to live your life for yourself. And it's going to be a little bit more difficult when the money that you're gaining or getting is coming from them. Mm-hmm. Because that has a lot of say in what you can and can't do. But once that's no longer an issue, then obviously now you can start doing the things that you want to do, irrespective of whatever your parents say, or in terms of whatever money they give you or don't give you. Mm-hmm. Oh, indeed, absolutely. Um, now, another thing too, shit, I kind of forgot. Um, no, move on. Keep, keep, keep. No. Okay, so yeah. Um, no, that's pretty much it. Honestly, just it takes time to build that financial independence. Um, okay. It's not just going to happen all at once. Mm-hmm. You got it? Yeah, I got it. Okay. All right. So I feel like there's a huge misconception or huge idea out there that a lot of people kind of selling you the idea of you know, become financially independent, be this, be that, uh, get rich or whatever. Now, financial independence doesn't mean you are going to be a millionaire or billionaire. I don't think that's something that you should be pursuing, in my opinion. I don't pursue money in the sense that, I, you know, money is important. I agree with that, because we need that to pay for our basic needs. But the way that they market it, um, you know, financial independence, it's the wrong way, because you cannot become rich if, you don't, if you're not putting the hard work, unless you're scheming people, which, you know, most of these um, platforms do. So... Getting to that point that is financially independent, it has to be morally correct in a sense. So your conscience doesn't wait on you. Now, a lot of people might disagree with me because, you know, a lot of, most of millionaires, most of the rich people are, you know, became to that point because they did not do everything on their on the books, right? Like, look, most of the rich people, they got rich out of, you know, slaves, out of, um, you know, low wages and stuff like that because morally incorrect so i think in order for you to fulfill uh you know like a fulfilling life to have a fulfilling life you got to do it what you think is right right in getting to getting out there getting to that point that you're financially independent it's going to get there if you put the work if you put the energy and you have the mentality towards it and yeah i think don't believe or don't get caught up in the trap that you know you can get rich really fast or you can be financially independent really fast because that doesn't exist. Maybe there were one, two people who were lucky who won the lottery or something, but um, you know, there's there's consequences with having a lot of money. Envy, um, taxes that you gotta pay. Um, now the top is always lonely. I always said that. Um, so I don't, you know. I guess how you interpret that, but just looking yeah. to the, the people that are at the top. Like, yeah, financial independence doesn't mean you have to be like stupid rich, right? It doesn't mean you have to be a multimillionaire or a billionaire. You can aim for that. That can be a goal that you can have just for yourself. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, financial independence is, again, you don't have to rely on anybody to pay for the basic necessities that you need to survive. That's pretty much it. If you can afford to live on your own, if you can afford to buy your own food, if you can afford to do whatever it is that you want to do and not have it be financially ruinous. So like you want to go travel for a month and if you do that, you're screwed because you won't be able to pay anything off. 
because you're living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. then that's a problem. But if you can do that and not have that be an issue, then you're golden. Yeah. But much as just remember, like that money, it's gonna stay there when you die. Yeah, you can't take that with you to the grave. So money is money doesn't have to be the end goal here. Or shouldn't it should never be the end goal. It should just be a means to an end. Exactly. It's always a means to an end. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't disagree that you know it's important. Like it is important to survive, at least nowadays. But yeah, so that's it. And uh, let's go to some news updates. What do you got for me? Well, apparently, so according to the news. We are close to a vaccine on the COVID. So that created a pretty interesting dynamic with the markets. So most of the things that were falling or stagnated throughout the pandemic, so anything related to travel, hotels. Um, so in terms of travel, we got airlines, cruise lines. Um, what else? Amusement parks. Those are big things as well. All these things just jumped because of the vaccine news. Obviously, most people can't go to these things because it's too. There's no social distancing there, um, and people were in too tight spaces, so COVID could spread a lot easier. But now that the vaccine has been announced, a lot of this jumped up very nicely. And in converse, all the things that were going up during this period of time dropped off pretty dramatically. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the technology stocks dropped pretty quickly. Um, Right now, it's still technically falling. They're start, it's starting to stabilize a little bit better, but um, just simply due to the fact that COVID or the whole pandemic caused a massive run of techno- technology throughout this entire time, everything is starting to finally get itself back into relative normalcy. The things that fell too hard are coming back to life, and everything that went, ran up too much is starting to come back down. All right. Absolutely. So it's a really good news that, you know, the vaccine uh, for Pfizer, it's 90%, you know, working. Nice. 90% is risky. So we'll see what happens. And in other news on my end, so most of the pharmaceutical companies are on green. So they rose really good jump. Uh, Moderna, Biotech, and Pfizer, and others, because most of them are also in their final stages. But Pfizer definitely has the upper hand on them. And they're already, you know, uh, getting the permission to distribute and they already actually start manufacturing the vaccine which puts them in a huge advantage now mcdonald's uh actually they came out with their earnings report yesterday i think it was friday uh strong numbers but the stock felt but they have a partnership with uh, beyond meat which is the you know the the, the meat based plant-based meat mm-hmm. <laughs> and Oh, yeah, so they're adding, like, this actual burger with, the, you know, with the meat in it. And they're going to call it, like, meat, like, burger plant or something like that. So, Beyond Meat... This is McDonald's, you said, right? Huh? This is McDonald's? This is for McDonald's, yes. So oh, this McDonald's is be interesting. Meat, they have a partnership. And, you know, our Beyond Meat's shirts, they rose a little bit because of the news. Because, you know... Uh, they're putting themselves out there in the market. They already got approved on Walmart to be on the shelves on Walmart, which keeps huge, huge market for uh, middle class and low income families uh, to get access to affordable uh, plant-based meat. So really good. Um, 
the young meat, and there's another one that are always in competition. Forgot the name of it. But there's another competition. So it's not only Beyond Meat of this industry. There's another one too. But yeah, other than that, um, everything seems like, uh, kind of like, my opinion, it's getting to the balance. So now that, you know, we have a president, we um, received the news that the vaccine is on, everything is going to a balance. Uh, Brandy, your camera's on. I mean, off. Yeah, hold on. Give me one second. Something's happening um you know um we'll see what happens in the next month or so or by the end of the year so with the vaccine on play um i wouldn't be surprised if if uh what is it if like shopping centers and commerce overall and as well as uh tourist attractions for that for the for the christmas season for the holiday seasons increase so definitely something to look up for look out for Oh, another interesting fact, uh, Hilton. So they actually are one of the few hotel chains that rather than lose money, they actually make good profit during this pandemic. The reason why is because they cut off the cuttable cost, the cuttable, um, you know, expenses that they have. So, you know, they close the kitchen, they fire the, the cleaning staff and stuff like that. So they were able to get profit by cutting the cuttable cost. There's something, you know, they're uncuttable cost or uncuttable expenses and cuttable expenses. Cuttable expenses are something that you can get rid of uh, and your business are not going to die. And uh, uncuttable expenses are something that you need in order for the business to run, such as real estate or uh, electricity, Wi-Fi. Those are the uncuttable stuff. But really good for for um, Hilton. Too bad for the staff that work for Hilton because they had to fire a lot of people in order Hopefully to... they can get rehired back soon. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, you know, everything goes back to order. Aside of that, most of the uh, travel and hospitality section, they were down throughout this pandemic and it's slowly picking up. So if you want to pick up some shares at ETF, maybe a hospitality, I would recommend to do so. Now, now it is the Do you have any, any of those in mind? Uh, I do not. Okay, so I got some. So for hotels, you can do INN. That's a ETF based on hotels. Wait, what is it? On airlines, INN in on hotels. Oh, yeah, that's for hotels. For airlines, I have Jets, J E, yeah, J E T S, and uh, I think that's it. There's not one for um, cruise lines, unfortunately, but you can look into um, Carnival CCL. And Norwegian Cruise Lines. They've been really killing it lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and also amusement parks. Anything related to like close proximity events. So, you know, concerts. You can do LYV. That's a concert company. Uh, Six Flags, obviously, amusement parks. Disney with their amusement parks. So that came up really strong yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these are a lot of good things that you can invest in moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I didn't know. Some of these, like cool, absolutely, definitely invest on some of these uh, ETFs if you're trying to diversify your portfolio a little bit, because you know it's so low that you know you're getting it for a sell price. It's a great deal. Already rose last week, so. But it's still relative to where we were standing before COVID. This, all of these things are still on pretty good. Yeah. Standing in terms of you buying. 
You don't even have to buy that much. Again, if you do fractional share buying, you can buy as little as $1. Dollar cost average up, like we talked about last time. Little by little, you just keep adding in more as it keeps going up. Or if it doesn't keep going up, you hold and wait to see what happens. That's it. Absolutely. It's a good strategy. You can start by one share. Most of these shares are on this box. Pretty sure if you already start investing, you should have some money aside for um, at least $100 aside for any for any you know good deals that you can find. Okay. Hope you haven't put all your eggs on one stock also. But yeah, absolutely. Anything else to add? No, that's pretty much it. Right now I'm just looking at the markets. Looks like we're starting to come back up, so that's good. That's it. Well, that was it for today, guys. We will see you. Well, we will talk to you tomorrow. Peace.